Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. the Denver Stiff Show. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Thursday night as we are in the thick of training camp in the NBA. We are on the eve of preseason starting around the NBA. There are going to be actual games tomorrow, uh, Friday night. Uh, The Lakers and the Clippers are playing. There are some other games that are going on that I haven't really paid attention to because I'm just paying attention to the Nuggets right now. And and the national media wouldn't say anything about any of the other games outside of Lakers-Clippers. Why would they? Uh, that is extremely, uh, <laughs> extremely local bias right there. Uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, I am joined today by two very favorite guests, uh, social media director Jenna Garcia. Jenna, how are you? What's up, Brian? I am doing pretty good. I'm pretty excited about joining you tonight. It's been fun. It's been fun. Jenna, you have been all around the Denver Stiffs podcasting sphere lately. You're on Denver Stiffs show last week. I've got some great stuff going on behind the scenes on a, on a new podcast that we're creating. But you also did Chicken Nuggets with the girls, with, with Riley, with Katie and, and uh, Kendra. Like, that was, that was really fun, right? Yeah, it was honestly, like, it was one, like, just as another woman in sports, really incredible to know that you can, like, call up all the girls that work in the same sport as you and count on them to join a podcast because that's not true everywhere that women are in sports. And so to be able to say that about the Nuggets team is pretty incredible. Um, it was a really fun podcast. Obviously, we had a lot of fun and we took it from from a unique perspective as always. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. Uh, we've also got some other special stuff coming through. That should be a lot of fun, so pay attention for that. Uh, Also joined today by our writing contributor, Evan Fiala, who has spent time uh, in the London area and I think is back in the United States right now. Is that correct, Evan? Hey, Ryan. Hey, Janet. Yeah, that is correct. Had a nice nine-month sojourn over there before my job got called back uh, thanks to COVID, so here I am, you know. (laughs) <laughs> COVID, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, it's yeah. too bad. Uh, did you did you enjoy it out there? Yeah, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun, actually. Um, just being able to see, you know, experience a new culture, new food, new people, as much as you can when things are locked down. But, uh, yeah, it was great. I had plans to go travel. Uh, the farthest I've ever been outside of the United States is Cancun, uh, which, let's be honest, doesn't really count. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to when, when travel restrictions are down so that can, can try to go experience the world a little bit more than, than Colorado or South Carolina or places like that. So, but it's been fun. It's been okay. Um, you, this is, this is one of your first times back on the pod. Uh, what, like it has been, it has been kind of an interesting time to, to watch this Nuggets team from afar, but, but you've still been like plugged in with with our group with Denver Stiffs and just continuing to write continuing to work behind the scenes uh are are you feeling good about this year like what's the uh what's the vibe check like I'm I'm getting there uh I had a lot of attachment to Jeremy Grant and so seeing him walk (laughs) seeing him walk was very you know it was was sad I think (laughs) Um, Were you yeah. too happy to see him low on the list, though? Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> karma, I guess, but like, but I don't know, man. I think they could have gone all the way this year if they would have had him. So, not that they can't still, but you know, things get a lot more interesting, a lot more uncertain, obviously. But 
I'm I'm feeling pretty positive about the group that's come together now. Me too. Me too. I, I it's taken a while for me to lock back in, but but I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm curious to see how Michael Malone handles this thing because there there's a lot of interesting questions that I think we're going to get some answers to. Uh, but before we get into those questions, I wanted to open this podcast by talking about uh, the player rankings that have come out from ESPN over the course of this week. Uh, we've had some interesting rankings drop. They do their annual top 100. Uh, COVID obviously changed that up. So the last time they did this list was in July, or th- I, I think. Uh, but it was, it was interesting to see it drop right now. And it was really fascinating to see where some of these nuggets ranked. So uh, the nuggets had three players ranked in the top 100. They had... Michael Porter Jr. at 51, Jamal Murray at 21, and Nikola Jokic at 10. Uh, premise of this list is projecting players where they will rank following the 2021 season. Uh, Jenna, your first reactions to, to just kind of hearing like some some interesting rankings, I think, from ESPN. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know who to start with. I thought MPJ came in at a pretty good place. I was pleased with that, especially because he ranked higher than Jeremy Grant. So suck it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I'm just saying. Nice. I, obviously, nice. <laughs> I'm bitter. Obviously, I love Jeremy Grant because I'm bitter. Otherwise, I wouldn't be bitter. Hundred uh, percent. Jamal Murray coming in at 21 was cool until you see that Devin Booker's at 17 and Donovan Mitchell's at 18. Not to mention pandemic Paul. Are you kidding me? Pandemic P at 20 <laughs> over Jamal when Jamal smoked him. Like you have got to be kidding me. And I don't care if it's projecting into 2021. I don't think we see Paul George get better. We, I think we've seen what Paul George can be. So I don't know how you justify him being higher than Jamal Murray. Doc and, Rivers I mean, left. Well, yeah, that could yeah, Doc that's, is holding him back. Hope, Come I on, guess. Jenna. <laughs> I mean, you can't put it all on Doc because we saw him in OKC too. So, uh, but I do think I was I was happy that Jokic was at least in the top ten conversation. Uh, obviously, he came in higher than Embiid, who made it at in at fourteen. Suck it again. Uh, um, but I, I won't agree with the top 10 order. I cannot stand by the top 10 order. And I think that we need to justify some guidelines about how we are organizing and deciding who is in this top 10 ranking and how they are there. Because I, if rings are part of the equation, then tell me how Giannis is at three. I just don't understand. Ooh, that's, a, that's an interesting take. That's, that's not the name that I was expecting to hear, uh, the most ire drawn, uh, yeah, let's I let's mean, pull AD, on, let's AD, pull on yeah. that top ten a little yeah, bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 interested. I okay. So we had Jokic come in at ten. And I'll just read them in reverse order because I think that that's the most fascinating. Because I think that you can justify all of these players being in the top ten, and this is the actual top ten players, at least right now. Uh, right now, you have Jokic at ten. You have James Harden coming in at nine. You have uh, Steph Curry coming in at eight. He is a little bit, uh, I guess, lower than you would expect from a player of his of his stature, of his caliber. But then again, James Harden was obviously ranked really high before too. Like there, there's been a lot of a lot of interesting changes that have that have come about. Uh, Damian Lillard at seven was also one that I I had a little bit of trouble with. Uh, let's stop right there. Of of those three players. Uh, Let's go Harden, Curry, and Lillard. It's clear that ESPN has a type of player that is ranking ahead of Jokic. Am I right? Like, Evan, the, all the all the star guards in the West. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say when I noticed this list, too. It's, there's not a pre... There's a... They definitely favor... Um, yeah, like you're saying, the guards, high-scoring guards, good shooters... Uh, it makes sense. Like I get why Jokic is only number ten. Uh, he's not that sexy of a scorer or anything. So I understand their their logic. I guess I don't agree with it, but that it is what it is. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it, it. To me, it's it's hard to like. Even any of those three players, I could justify them being above Jokic. I I think that that's that's honestly fair. Um. Uh, 
it, it gets hard when you it gets hard when you mix positions like that. There's such a big difference between Jokic's style of play as a center and those guys at guard. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant at six. Jenna, I, I know that Kevin Durant is your guy. Uh, I still need to see him come back from an Achilles injury before I put him over Nikola Jokic. Time out, time out, time out, time out. When Kawhi Leonard had left, was leaving the Spurs, I got shit on hard, hard, hard for the <laughs> fact that I did not believe in Kawhi coming back and just automatically being one of the best players in the league. And he came back and proved me completely wrong. And I think that the kind of player that KD was, the caliber of player he was, was bigger than Kawhi when he went down. So why not believe in KD? I, I, you know what? Like, a player of his stature, you kind of have to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, like, it's an Achilles injury. It's an Achilles injury for a guy yeah. who's seven feet tall. Like, it's just... It's, it's, that's, that's probably the scariest possible single injury that you could sustain as a player. And, and I think that Kevin Durant was making an argument for being the best player in the playoffs the year that he, like the year that he tore it. Like there, there's no, there's no hate on this side of things. I just have to see him come back before I believe it, you know? Yeah. I still think like when I look at the player rankings, I always try to, to decide like, what are my parameters? What things do I value? Why am I ranking this person higher than another? And one of the things that I always take into consideration is if a player on their own could carry a team. And on right. this list, the only players that I can see that could carry a team by themselves are LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, and Damian Lillard, and Nikola Jokic. So some of these guys need to be rearranged because we just saw Giannis fail at carrying a team. We've watched Anthony Davis fail at carrying a team for the last five years. And only now when he's on the court with the best player in the game, is he able to get a ring. So he needs to be brought down to light, real life. Luca has potential, obviously. I think he should be up there because of the potential. He hasn't had the time to really get a chance at it, but... I, I think that we need to decide what are the parameters here because I don't understand from what my look of, of how ESPN rank them. It's just who is the most popular and makes us the most money. Let's put them in order. Yeah, and and like I, I, I hate to, to play that angle on it because like you, you, you very well could be right. Like there's it's it's too bad that that's a that that is, is a, at least a possible reason for something like this, but Let's be honest. Of of those ten players, Jokic is the least popular of the ten. Like unless you're counting the the polarizingness of, of James Harden or somebody like that. Like yeah, I would he's, say he's more popular than James. He's more yeah, likable. Like, at than least at this point, yeah. The like like there's team. there's definitely there's definitely something there. Uh, how high do we think Jokic can rise? Like like at the end of this year. What what is the what is the potential ceiling on on him? Like, can he can he get past some of these guys? Because I think that there is a a realistic case for him to be like seven on this list or six. Could he even make it into the top five? Like, Evan, I'll start with you. Yes, uh, and I would argue that he probably should already be there, considering he dropped three spots mm-hmm. from last year. Um, yeah, but. But yeah, for sure, I think, uh, you know, so I the way I kind of looked at it on, along these lines was who jumped him in for those three spots from last year to this year? KD, which I'm fine with. If KD's healthy, he's a better player than Jokic. Dane, sure. I mean, it's it's hit and miss with him. He's a great player. I don't think he's, I mean... I think Jokic is better than him right now, in ter- like holistically, in terms of carrying a team, sure, playoff stats, etc. The little blurb ESPN gave which just talked about his little Dame's run in like January last year, where he averaged four to eight points a game for a week or whatever. Like, sure, that was exciting, but <laughs> that's funny. It <laughs> but like, but it was a week. Right, really, really right. nice. Eleven months ago. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Holy crap, that was, that was 11 months ago. Yeah. Um, but obviously, they don't take a lot of weight in in terms of where Denver went or what Denver did 
in these playoffs um, because, you know, he's he dropped uh, in because the Lakers won, they put AD number two, which is dumb. But And then the third person on there was Doncic. If, if they're being consistent with their, uh, you know, their ranking in terms of where they'll be at the end of 2021, yeah, I mean, if Luka continues to rise, I could see him surpassing Jokic, especially since he's a guard, you know, and he's a high scorer and, and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, he definitely but, fits the mold. But I think any, I think you can make the case that Jokic should be in the top seven, top six, top five right now, even based on how the playoffs went this year. But that's not how it was done. Jenna, what do you think? Like, if if Jokic were to come back and he were to lead this Nuggets team to a another Western Conference Finals bid, for example, it would be twice in a row. It would be three times in a row that he's advanced to at least the second round. Obviously, Murray plays a big part in that. Obviously, Porter plays a big part in that. But, like, in the end, like, Jokic is the guy, right? He is. He's the guy. And I think what it is about Jokic is kind of the same thing that you, that Kawhi probably went through in, in that they're both quieter. They're both not really looking for stardom. They're both okay with not having like the most explosive game. Like there's a lot of people who didn't know about Kawhi's game until he won with the Raptors. You know, they didn't yeah. know Kawhi at the Spurs. And that was a whole nother monster. And it kind of seems like that, like, no matter what Jokic does, no one's going to ever see him the same way they see some guy like Giannis, who is going to be, he's just explosive. It's the same with, like, with Zion, right? Zion's just got this big, strong, explosive, loud presence. And, right. I mean, according to our new intern, Riley, who knows Zion and met Zion, she doesn't think that he wants all that hype around him. And I would say the same thing about Jokic. Jokic is just not really like ever going to conform to being anything that he's not. And since he's not those loud things, I don't think he'll ever get really the respect or the, the true position in this list of top 10 as he should. Um, right. And that being said, I mean, I do think that he should be listed higher. I don't. I didn't remember that he was higher last year. I guess he was seven last year. Yeah. 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 So they had a uh, they had Dame below him. They had KD off the list. I'm pretty sure. And they also had oh, Doncic below him, which which makes sense. Like all all three of those make sense, and it's it's yeah. there's a reason why all three of those guys have have jumped him. But like, it's still it's still like like. He's clearly in that tier, and I think that the 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 conversation around him has definitely pivoted from him being in the the Embiid's the the Tatum mm-hmm. Butler tier that's like right below him. No, he's he's With definitely that. a top ten guy. Like like he's yeah. it's 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 unquestionable at this point. But let's pivot right like right quick to Jamal Murray, and and then we'll finish up with Porter and maybe one question after that. Uh, Murray has. Left like he's he's leapt a lot of players into mm-hmm. a tier with some of these other young stars that I think is is really impressive. the The three players that Murray is a uh, that has directly below him is Bradley Beal, Carl Anthony Towns, and Pascal Siakam. The four players directly mm-hmm. above him: Paul George, Zion Williamson, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. Uh, that's great company to keep. Like I, I think that. I think that Murray is properly rated around this tier. I think you could probably argue one or the other. Like, I I think that the fact that Kawhi is ranked ahead of Jokic and Paul George is ranked ahead of Murray is a little bit curious given the playoffs, but it is what it is. Uh, am, am I am I wrong in stating that Murray is properly rated here? I thought he was properly rated too. I, I mean, I think that he's in good company, you know, like he's somewhere along that line. I didn't think 21 was disrespectful by any means, but right. it was then just like seeing some of the players around him that were ranked higher. You got to be kidding me with Zion at 19. He played 34 <laughs> games last year and he was yeah. out of shape and no one was over here body shaming Zion. Just saying. So like, it's just a matter of like, I do think like nobody's taking into account the fact that like if we were taking into account um, who's best for the team, who's best for for 
you know, who's the MVP of their team, the most, really the most valuable to their team, you have Jokic ranking higher. You probably have Murray ranking in a different, in a different place. I don't know if he's higher if you add that in, but I don't think like in Murray's case, if you rank, I, I don't know how you rank Zion at 19. Even if, if we're projecting into the future, I don't think Zion automatically is a better player than Murray in his next 34 games. Like, I just, I just don't think he <laughs> has. Like, it's more about that than it was. Like, I didn't find his placement disrespectful. Evan, do you have a Zion take, or uh, or do you want to focus mostly on Murray? I mean, I I agree with the Zion thing. I don't think, I don't think he should be top twenty quite yet. I mean, I get the hype. Yeah, he's he looks to be like a generational, possibly player. One of you know, um, this is premature to me. Um, Jenna covered that, and that that's kind of where I am at. Um, in terms of Murray. I also agree in terms of the tier of players he's in. I'm actually quite happy with the ranking. I feel like it's more generous than I would have expected ESPN to give him. So, like, 21 is great. I think you can make the case he could be with a little lower than that, with that group of uh, Booker and Mitchell and them. Um, But then... Looking back at the other players he he jumped or he's ahead of, uh, there's some good players there. Kyrie Irving was 25. CJ McCollum was 27. Uh, you mentioned yeah. Beal. Westbrook, who dropped significantly to 35, I think. Wow. Um, Even Knox Middleton. Middleton, yeah, yeah. Year. Yeah. So uh, I think it's great luck for Murray. I think he's in the right spot. It's fun because... I was poking around at all the list of all the people, the other like guards from a couple years ago that and this is mostly just to get back at LA fans, but like D'Angelo Russell's not in the top 50. Lonzo Ball's on the top 50. Suck it. Um, suck yeah. It. yeah. Suck it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's the name of this podcast. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so We've I got another one quite like that coming out on Thursdays. <laughs> Um, but then I looked at just the point guards. And so based on this list, and you can make an argument, like, would you consider Murray a top five point guard? Cause he's in that range according to the rankings. Wow. Uh, I, I didn't really pay attention to the exact, like the exact placement there. Who's, who's in the, t- okay. So you've got, you've got so, Curry. So here's, got yeah, so here's the, the top, top five. Two. Here's the top five point cards they have listed. Doncic. I guess he's a point guard. Uh, Lillard, Steph, Chris Paul, and Ben Simmons. Hmm. And then Murray. You well, could even ben make Simmons an argument that Doncic is more of a wing. That he's, That's he's what I thought, like too. A, a small forward. Yeah. And I guess Simmons, too. But we'll see how his role changes. But Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd still probably put him as a point guard. But, like, I have, I have no idea. Like, there's, there's a lot of questions around that Philly team that, that have yet to be answered. But... Uh, that's it's kind of fascinating that you're right. Hey, if 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 Ben Simmons is the fifth point guard and Jamal Murray is the sixth ranked point guard, that's pretty cool. That's that's there's there's at least some justification there. Uh, it's it's not and wild to call him the top five. Can hit a, one of those point <laughs> guards can hit a shot from outside the, the arc. So just saying, outside the paint. Like what are we talking about here? <laughs> well, uh, it's not that he can; it's that he won't. <laughs> Yeah, that's sure. true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, do do we want to spend any time on MPJ? I have no idea, like like how to evaluate his ranking. Like he could go as high as twenty five next year, and he could go as low as like a hundred next year. So like I, I think there's just such a wide range on on his outcomes that I don't even know if I want to talk about it. Right. Well, I think that the I mean. Absolutely, he could definitely fall in a wide range, and it it'll really it'll really depend on him. But he seems to be kind of on track, or at least portraying that he's been working really hard in this off season. So I'm hoping it's going to be higher than that. But I do think, like in the same sense that we were kind of happy with how ESPN placed um, Murray, I'm like, finally for once they're paying attention to this team. They actually placed three players <laughs> on this list. Hello, that's great. So. I was pleased with MPJ's pl- placement. Um, 
51 on the list. He obviously outranks a couple guys who are pretty, pretty great guys. Zach Levine, who obviously was a big piece of that Chicago team, Lonzo Ball, and most importantly, Jeremy Grant. He outranked him by a lot. <laughs> what, what number was Grant? 88. Oh. <laughs> I know that disappoints you because Good you were really high on him, but, you know. Whatever. I was I was <laughs> high on him in the niche role he had in Denver. Okay. Not as a scorer or whatever that he wants to be in Detroit. <laughs> no, I'm with you there. Uh, you guys are uh, so funny. <laughs> he also outranks Demar Derozan, which I thought was a little unfair to Demar Derozan, who came in at 82, but hmm. um, still probably outranks MPJ. Probably outranks him. Yeah, I I. It's gonna be weird. It's gonna be really really weird. I I've heard that that mpj is killing it so we're gonna we're gonna see what happens but i i'm looking forward to it quickly uh no other nuggets made this list if you had to bet on one nugget to make this list next year who would you pick uh evan i'll start with you um, that's tough <laughs> go with some candidates monte morris Gary Harris, Will Barton. Harris Harris was on this list at one point, wasn't he, a couple years ago? Oh, definitely. Yeah, he was yeah. He ranked pretty highly. Uh, but it, he's, it'd be he's nice to see him come back. I know who I want on the list okay. next year, who will be on it. Bull Bull. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, dang, that was an easy. <laughs> I, I, I always forget that so Bull was on this team. Oh, yeah, that was a... <laughs> I love uh, it. I'm I'm gonna hang up. That was dumb. <laughs> it's, it's the answer is bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I, I the only right bowl. answer really. Yeah. I don't know if it's the only right answer because like Will Barton, if he comes back and he plays the way that he played last year, I think he's a top 100 player. Yeah. Like, like they had some some interesting guys at the end of this list, like Joe Harris, uh, Marcus Morris, Otto Porter, Derek White. Like like there's definitely potential for a lot of Nuggets to to leapfrog some of those guys in the right situations. So, uh, but I think Bull Bull is a great pick. It's he's, he's like so weird and so fun that I think like he could, he could just do it. You mean rookie of the year, Bull Bull. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're, we're going to, we're going to play some bets. That, that dude is, uh, <laughs> I, I, I would love to bet on a prop that has him like, like whether he'll, he'll have more made threes or more block shots. Like I think that would be that would be quite interesting to hear. Yeah, I'd probably take the threes. I think I might too. I think I'm <laughs> d- despite the fact like it's it's a conversation though, which is which is yeah, great is. about his block shot numbers. Like that would be that would be nuts. So, uh, all right, well that's that's a good conversation there. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to get into actual stuff that matters here. Uh, training camp questions, and then what is going to go on on Saturday night. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're back, Denver Stiff Show. Ryan Blackburn here, joined today by Jenna Garcia, Evan Fiala. Having a good time. We just talked about player rankings. Uh, it, it's a conversation driver, definitely say that. Uh, but let, now let's talk about some of the things that are actually going on in Nuggets training camp because I've heard some chatter. I'm sure that Jenna's heard a lot of the same chatter. Uh, 
I want to play real, real or not real with some of the things that we have been hearing. Uh, I've got I've got four different different points here that I want to go through that I think would be interesting start off points to talk about what's going on in training camp. You guys ready? Ready. Let's do it. Okay. Number one, and probably the thing that I'm hearing the most, uh, Michael Porter Jr. is dominating camp, uh, going about the process the right way, doing the things he needs to do uh, for the NBA season. Is that real or not real? I'll start with Evan. Real. Real, real, real. <laughs> He's the real deal. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, explain. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was just a one-word answer. Oh, we, um, go, I, I, we, we like to have dialogue about this I know, conversation I know. here. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Um, I think it's real because these guys have been around. And, and I don't know who – I haven't been paying that much detail. I don't know specifically who's been saying it, but um, these guys have been around MPJ for a couple of years now. And this is nothing new. They've always talked about how talented he is, how great he is, how – uh, you know, how much potential he has. And so seeing him make that leap in the bubble last summer to having a bit of an off season now in which he claimed he just did nothing but sit in Missouri and shoot hoops all day. Um, you know, I, mean, to, I have evidence. Which, which I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then coming. I, I do and, believe most of it. Like, like you said, yeah. there's not a lot to do with Missouri, and 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 he was around his family, so like, there's definitely some some, like, hey, you're being driven by by your coach father and the rest of your family uh, siblings, like who all play basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah Suck at Missouri. There's nothing there. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I believe it. Does a part of me does like the nat the like you know, the the part of me that's skeptical about a lot of these training camp things think that maybe they're just trying to pump him up more because they know he's going to have a bigger role this year um, than maybe was anticipated. Sure. But that that doesn't mean that, you know, that the talent isn't there and that uh, he could be, have he could have taken it to another level even again. Right. Jenna, what about you? Real or not real? No, I believe it. I think it's real. I think that um, his offense is pretty, pretty strong. And I think that when you hear guys calling him out in press conferences and things like that, it's because it's his shot that they're remembering the most going in. I think what MPJ needed was to see a little bit of success on the floor, to feel what it's like to have a little bit of that success, which he got to experience in those bubble games. And in that right. playoff run, and that kind of gave him the confidence he needed to really take the next step. From what I understand, he really actually and and going in before he ever spoke, I said like I really want to hear how hard he's been working, like the work ethic behind it, because I I do feel like he's had a lot of time. He had that whole year on the bench to learn all of the offense and defense, and he didn't. Like we very much saw that it was, I, and obviously it's harder to like translate. You can learn it in your head and not be able to perform it on the floor without trying it. So it right. is a little bit harder. I'm not saying like he's, giving him no grace, but he's also not really the most cerebral player. Like like he's always gotten by on just talent alone. And and honestly, yeah. last year it was mostly talent, and he started putting some things together. Uh, the playoffs at the beginning, the defense was atrocious, but he started putting some things together defensively that I was really encouraged about, at least in between the years. Yeah, but I think you hear him get called out in practice right now and in training camp right now just because of his offense. I, I highly doubt that all of the defensive um, worries are gone. I think why, sure. why you hear guys call him out right now is because like they're playing a lot of pickup, a lot of five on five or, you know, situations where you know you're like three on two situations so i do think that um he he probably dominates on offense i believe it i believe it uh i think that that's always going to be kind of the mo with him uh i I will say it's real as well uh i definitely am not going to go into this thing with with nuggets colored glasses that that he's going to be an elite defender right away do I think he can take some steps in the right direction? Yeah. Do I think he's going to? Yes, I actually do. Uh, 
Uh, he's he wants to be really good. He wants to be one of the best players on the wing in the NBA. I asked him that question directly, and he he talked about wanting to be guarded by the other players, the other best player, and he wanted to guard the opposing team's best player. Whether he's going to do that on a consistent basis remains to be seen, but he's going to get the opportunity a lot because of just Denver's roster. Like it's just that's just how it's going to have to happen. Um, okay, next one. Uh, real or not real, Facundo Campazzo is impressing everyone wildly with his defense. Uh, Jenna, let me start with you this time. <laughs> love it, love it. Go at it. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I think people really underestimate Campazzo, I think, because of his size, one. But if you really look at his game film, he is a pest on defense, like at the perimeter, he's annoying. He constantly is getting in your face. Like he is one of those players and I, and it's really honestly pretty incredible how they how the Nuggets have worked so many international guys onto their squad. And I yeah. I think it's because they really do appreciate the international take on the game, which is a lot more of like that hard work we work we play as a team kind of kind of play you know you see different style of play in europe than you do here in the nba and the nuggets play that style in the sense that they like to pass the ball they like to move quickly Campazo is like one of those guys who does not stop moving he's annoying he's cutting and then he's in your face on defense so i really think that that's that's real i think that his ability to cut to the basket and drive to the basket with like actually completing finishing there um reminds me of a lot of what Gary Harris could do and he's smaller. So like everything that I've heard about Compazzo for me sounds like he's a Gary Harris replacement, but I definitely believe that. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know how to approach the, the rotation and whether he can actually handle a guy like Gary Harris's role. Uh, but we'll see. Like I, I, I'm open to the, I'm open to being wrong. Like, we've seen short guys perform well. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see a 5'11 guy kind of, like, defend the opposing team's best guard all the time because it's just it's just so difficult to, to handle that that consistently. But well, I think it's real. I, th- I do think it's real. Yeah, and I don't necessarily mean that, like, they're going to be guarding the same player, right? Gary Harris is taller, lengthier, oftentimes undersized when he's put up against the guys that he's asked to guard. I don't think that that's what's going to happen, direct like correlation with like that's who Composite is going to be guarding. I think that sure. the Nuggets have come to terms with that, the fact that they're probably going to have to have Michael Porter Jr. or somebody else, PJ Dozier, I would like to see at that position guarding kind of that player. But I think that Composo, you know, rotates over and guards somebody who's more his size but I think he'll do a really good job. And and as far as um, the offense goes, I think he, he sounds a lot like what we saw from Gary Harris when he was averaging, you know, 42% or 40% from the field. Right. Yeah, I I, I think we'll see. I, I don't know what the Nuggets are ultimately going to do at that position, but, like, the, it, it certainly feels like they have so many guards that could that could do this thing. Uh, Evan, what, what about you? Uh, Compazzo has been, or it's Compazzo, actually, I, I mispronounced. Uh, real or not real, defensive jitterbug, what do, you, what do you think about him playing next to Monte Morris? Um, I believe it's real in the sense that a lot of these guys probably didn't expect him to be quite as, like, pesky or however he is, you know. I'm more skeptical of it translating into an actual... NBA game rather than uh, just training camp. I think the size thing is a big factor. Uh, Morris is also a bit undersized, so having throwing th- those two guys out there, especially for a team like Denver that has kind of traditionally been undersized at those spots um, right. and have been burned by it before, you know, it, it gives me a little bit of hesitation. But, I, I mean, I don't doubt that his talent is real. Because you look at his highlights and you just your mind gets blown, you know. Um, sure, just zips I, around I, the court everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I you know, I'm, and maybe the rest of the NBA kind of won't 
expect that either. I don't know, but um, but I'm I'm excited to see what happens with them. But again, like like kind of like you, Ryan. There's a lot of questions on how the rotation actually will be, who will they actually play with, will it work, will it not work? Yeah, I. I, I find that conversation really fascinating all the time because I'm always trying to project ahead. I'm always trying to figure out what the plan is. I'm I'm very much a a, a big questions kind of person. Uh, this is a big question. Uh, the Nuggets come to camp with six guards who I think could justify playing immediately. You've got Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Facuda Capasso, uh, Monte Morris, and the next guy we're going to talk about, P.J. Dozier. Uh, Michael Malone, according to him, he's been possibly the MVP of camp so far. And that's with, with his versatile skill set. It's with rebounding. It's with defense. It's with playmaking for others. The shot is going down. Says he's brought it every day. Uh, Jenna, is, is P.J. Dozier being the MVP of camp so far? Is that real or not real uh, from Malone? It's real. I've yeah. heard it from more than one place. I've heard it from everybody but pj dozier which is kind of awesome um yeah. because he is such a humble guy he i mean pj dozier is everything you wish to have in a player like malone couldn't be he's exactly the type of guy malone likes because he works hard he's always like doing everything he can on defense he gives 100 percent, and right. he actually has some offensive production and he's actually the size, more of the size of a guy that they need at that position. Um, I really think that that it's real. Like I com- totally believe in the hype. I am totally sold on it, and um, I really hope that we get to see a lot of minutes from him. I really don't know how it's going to work with the rotation. I really don't know, but I don't think anybody knows. And I think that's exactly what Denver wants. I think Denver is going to kind of shock. The NBA this year with whatever they're kind of <laughs> cooking up back there behind the scenes. <laughs> it's it's fascinating, right? Like they could they could yeah. realistically go with Facundo Capasso at point guard, or they could go with PJ Dozier at, at a at a point guard slash shooting guard position next to Monte Morris, or they could play all three of those oh, guys together PJ off the bench. Three. Yeah, exactly. I'm PJ Dozier at the three. That bigger one. Mm-hmm. So the fascinating part with that is that if you start doing the math, that Murray, Harris, Barton probably have to play, right? Like, they're, they're probably, like, Murray obviously is going to play. Like, Harris is going to play. Gar- or Will Barton's going to play unless he's injured, right? Like, if if Capasso and Morris are playing at the one and the two, and then P.J. Dozier's playing at the three, then where does that leave Michael Porter Jr.? Like, is he going to play the four? Is he... Like, no, I think MPJ plays the three and... PJ backs him up, you know, or Bull Bull backs him up. I think it's going to be really fluid. I think guys play at a three and then they rotate over to the four. If Bull Bull comes on, then, you know, he's the four and MPJ's the three or, you know, a mix. I think there's a lot of guys that they have that fit into multiple positions. And I think we really need to stop trying to fit it into, like, numbers. We need to, they like, imagine if they're all zeros or they're all ones. <laughs> Or whatever you got to do to figure to kind of like wrap our head around like this team is not it does not fit into your NBA mold that you want it to fit into, which actually is a good thing because it gives them an upper hand. Nobody knows what they're coming out with. And and I I hear you there, but but Evan, like I I just see twelve guys that I think could really play immediately, and I only see ten spots, which is which is what Michael Malone generally goes with, right? Yeah, and then you get to the playoffs, and it might even drop even lower than that. It might be eight, you know. It's, but right. I, I think to Jenna's point, that kind of happened during the playoffs this year. Most of it was due to like injury and COVID issues or whatever. But like, there are times situationally when PJ Dozier comes in in the Jazz game in one of the Jazz games, and Utah has no idea how to guard him or what to do with him, and. He's a big difference maker, so I, you know, I agree. I think there, there is a, um, there is a certainly an advantage to that, and with that advantage comes um, th- the fact that all the guys on the team want to be there, and for the most part, from what we've heard, they're okay accepting any role they want um, or any role they get. 
So that kind of selflessness plays into it as well. They're all they're all in it together, and if P.J. Dozier doesn't get minutes, but then he gets called in randomly in a playoff game to come in and work his butt off and guard Donovan Mitchell as the best he can, he's going to do it, and he has done it. And so, you know, I, I agree. Um, I think moving forward, it it seems so out of whack with how many legit players they have. Um, and I don't know if Malone even knows how things are going to go. I hope he does. <laughs> sure. Um, but the other thing is it's, you know, we've got these preseason games. We've got 72 games this year to figure it out and to figure out what works and what doesn't because I think as we've learned, the Nuggets are a playoff team, and that's really all that matters. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, I agree. I, I do agree. And that there, last year it, it was very similar where you had guys like Michael Porter Jr. and, and Torrey Craig fighting for that 10th spot. Uh, but Malik Beasley was in the ninth slot and Watcher Hernan Gomez was in the 10th spot. And they ultimately, it started that way and then they made some moves. And then they, they kind of figured out how to clear the deck a little bit and, and make some things work a little bit more fluidly. So it can definitely work. There's no doubt about it. Um, let's turn our attention now to Saturday night. The Nuggets are going to play their first preseason game against Stephen Curry and the Golden State Warriors. And I think it's fascinating. All of these games are generally a good indicator of what Michael Malone is thinking, what his what his mentality is, how he organizes the rotation. But more than that, predicting the starting lineup is, is really important. Uh, I think that whoever he uses on Saturday night is most likely to be the starting unit, except for the fact that he said that Will Barton is doubtful on that night. So... Uh, Jenna, I'll start with you. Uh, I want you to predict the starting lineup that Michael Malone uses on Saturday night and assume that Will Barton is not playing. Well, and I'm not really sure that he necessarily goes with the starters. I'm not sure. You know, as far as what Katie Wingy told me on the Chicken Nuggets podcast, which you're going to have to go check out if you'd like to know that information, because <laughs> I do not skimp on information. You're going to have to follow the pod, subscribe, you know, un- unsubscribe, resubscribe, whatever you got to do, but you're going to have to follow the pod. What a sellout. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but from what Katie said, she really doesn't believe that the starters are going to get much run if, if they even play at all just because of how quick the turnaround is from from the, the bubble. And I know typically it's not that way. Typically, you know, I would say, agree with you and say like the starters are definitely who he goes with to start the season. But I will make my prediction either way, whether that whether he goes with them or not. Um, I think it's actually going to be Monte Morris at the point guard, Jamal Murray at the two. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. at the, uh, no, excuse me, Gary Harris at the three, Michael Porter Jr. at the four, and Paul Millsap at the five. Um, I think that's what he will be most comfortable with um, because he will have Monte on the floor. All right, how did I forget Jokic? What am I doing? Yeah, I was, um, I was a little bit confused I there. Monte, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because I added Monte and I was trying to decide. Yeah, so I'm saying MPJ and Jokic, no Mills, not starting Millsap. Um, but okay. I just think that he'll feel most comfortable because he'll have Monte in that starting group, which you know, Monte. There are a few players who calm Michael Malone's like heart attack risk, you know, or lower it for him a little bit, bring his heart rate down, help him, you know, get in the zone a little bit. And Monte Morris is that guy for him. He really does calm him down, Jokic too. But I think he'll start Monte in that position. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of lineups where Jamal has the opportunity to play off ball um, just to give him a little bit less responsibility, give him a chance to catch his breath. Jamal plays a lot of minutes. Right. Now I'm with you, and and it's going to be interesting to see what they decide. Uh, That's interesting. That's a curious one because especially against, I mean, not that he's really game planning against the Warriors or anything like that, but if you play Monte and you play Jamal and you play Gary – uh, one of those guys guards Steph Curry. I assume it's probably going to be Gary Harris. But then 
one of those guys has to guard Andrew Wiggins, and I think you gotta put Jamal on that guy, and then Morris on Kelly Oubre. Uh, but like, we'll ju- we'll just have to see what where he goes and whether whether he's even thinking about it like that. I, I actually I doubt that love he is. The Andrew Wiggins matchup. I bet it. I I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. He would totally love it. But it sounds like you're you're not going with Millsap in the starting unit. No, you know I do think Millsap kind of takes a, a secondary role this this year. I don't really see him fighting with Coach. I don't think Millsap, while he he is obviously a veteran that is due his respect, um, I think the Nuggets showed him respect when they paid him all that money last year for one year, <laughs> and um, I think he's more than happy to take it. I, we saw Millsap's like Millsap can say all he wants that he's in great shape or whatever, but we saw his body like kind of fall apart on him at the end there, and he yeah. he was struggling. He looked tired. He looked fatigued. He did not look a hundred percent. And um, I think he's okay with taking a backseat kind of role this go around. Whatever's yeah. best for the team. I, I'm interested in seeing how Malone handles it. Like. I still think that he'd want a a traditional four next to Porter, but but you never know. Uh, given how many guards they have, they might decide to go small, and you might be right. Uh, Evan, what about you? You've, you've had some time to think here. Uh, what what do you think Malone goes with in the starting lineup? Assume that he can't use Will Barton. I, I think he keeps it pretty traditional in that uh, Murray, Harris, MBJ, Millsap, Jokic. Yeah. Uh, it's it seems logical. It seems it seems it, like the the straight up view. It's of, safe. Of what to it's go? It's a with. safe pick. Yeah, it's a safe pick. But that's kind of how Malone is. You know, he's pretty. He doesn't shake the boat a lot. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to shake it a little bit more this year, just because I think he has a little bit more job security at this point. Uh, a lot more comfortable uh, developing guys, just just playing a little bit more crazy. Uh, just trying to go for the offensive edge, uh, things like that's, that. That's going to make him uncomfortable a bit, just not having a, <laughs> I believe not it. having Tory or whatever. But that's but yeah, a great gonna... um, tweet. We should do that tweet. Have you guys seen how everyone's doing the "Tell us you're from Colorado" without telling us you're from Colorado? <laughs> but we could do "Tell us how Tell us how Michael Malone is." Describe Michael Malone as a coach without talking basketball or something. Have people. Reply with I, I know. I know what you're trying to say here. I, 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 I hear you. Uh, I, I really would be more comfortable with Jeremy Grant and Tory Craig. <laughs> that's a, that's a good tweet. Uh, I love it. Uh, Evan, I think you're. I think you're right. I think that's the lineup that I that I would go with. I think that's the lineup that they're probably going to cultivate for the starting lineup on opening night. Uh, is it going to happen? Are they Are they going to just just head into that immediately. I think it's the most logical place to go, at least from the outset. Uh, you have four returning starters with Murray, Harris, Millsap, Jokic, and then you just slide Porter into the Will Barton role. And Barton really was the third option in this starting lineup last year, so it doesn't really change drastically, I would say. And then and then Barton, when he comes back, he, he plays the six-man role off the bench, and he plays with the with Morris and Capazzo and, and just tries to... Uh, Tries to go that route, but I, I'm, I'm at least. Please, 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 please tell me you don't believe this. This is like my worst nightmare. We're finally to a place <laughs> where Malone has no Tory Craig and no Mason Plumley and nobody that he can fall back and, and insert into the lineup to keep MPJ from his final like debut, real debut, you know, like starter debut. And you're telling me that is it's not going to happen as soon as Barton comes back. And there goes MPJ to the bench, and we're just back oh, in the no. same place. People chanting MPJ to get into the lineup. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think Barton goes to the bench. That's my that would be my my guess. Uh, Porter stays in the starting lineup, and and that's the that's the lineup they go with. It's it's the the four primary starters from last year plus Porter, and that's how they start the season and continue to go. Oh, okay, I thought you were saying Porter goes to the bench. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! If I have to watch <laughs> more of last season's exact type of basketball, when I we know. saw and it's just like you now Malone can't hide him. We all saw what he can do. 
Like people yeah. are not going to sit back and just be okay with him not being on the floor anymore because we actually saw like how successful he could be. Yeah, he changes the dynamic for everybody. Alone, though, it? it's, it's the darkest timeline for sure, Evan. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> afraid of that place. Uh, yeah, but hey, we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens with it. A uh, couple more questions before I get you guys out of here. Let's go rapid fire on this one. Uh, how many minutes do the starters play? Uh, just a ballpark number in in this first game. Uh, Evan, I'll start with you. Mm. 10 maybe 10 to 15 yeah just kind of like, like that. first stint second stint maybe and just just get them in and out of there just trying to get their legs warm yeah 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 jenna what about you i was gonna say 15 to 20 i think he'd play in the first quarter and probably let him chill the rest of the time but yeah alone. he could <laughs> We'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I think he usually goes, usually in this situation, he'll go the first and the second stint. Uh, so you, you start the first quarter, then you end the group with the first, in the end of the first half, and then you bring out bench guys at the beginning of the second half. Uh, so I'd, I'd probably say about 15, 16 minutes or so. Uh, all right. Uh, what is one thing you will definitely be watching for to, uh, on Saturday night? Uh, if you had to pick anything, uh, what is what is one thing that you are circling? Uh, Jen, I'll start with you. I want to see the pick and roll. I want to see who's running it. I want to see it working. Obviously, I, I think that the chemistry between like Jamal and Jokic should probably still be there. I don't think it was long enough time for it to have gone away with how much like repetitive action they, how many times they did the pick and roll, they should be, you know, set. But, oh, yeah. I do want to see um, other guys in that role and who they kind of implement, obviously, uh, in the secondary unit. Also, with the new additions, um, Composo being phenomenal in the pick and roll situation. And I just want to see all of the different combos. I want to see how it's working. I want to see every which, which way they implement it. I think it's more important. I mean, I don't really care if they win. I just want to see them, like, chemistry between them. All right. I, I like it. I like it. I think it's uh, – I, I hope we get to see it. I hope we get to uh, – we, we we probably will see it. Like, there's there's no doubt there in my mind. But, like, I, I, hope, it, I hope it goes well uh, against a team like the Warriors, that it should go well against them. Yeah. Uh, Evan, what about you? Uh, I want to see MPJ again. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to hard to fault that answer i mean yeah no i think we've already talked about all the like different lineup questions and there's a million of them um but yeah i'm I'm looking forward to seeing him i'm looking forward to see how murray looks in his limited minutes obviously you can't expect you know a ton but um but just seeing the seeing those guys and how they've progressed because i think those two like murray's made his leap hopefully you know, cross our fingers that it is legitimate and that it carries over the whole season. Right. Um, but him and MPJ are kind of the two that will raise the ceiling of this team as high as it gets. So uh, looking forward to seeing that. Not sure how much he'll play, but since it's the first preseason game, there's a chance he'll get some time. But Bowl is always fun to watch. Of course. Um, of course. I, I won't, won't hate that answer at all either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm... I'm yeah, I'm giving all the the kind of low hanging fruit answers, but that's okay. But Everybody's been, excited to see had, Porter. Everybody's excited. Yeah, to see yeah. Him. I mean, it's been it's been two months. It's been so long. This is the long. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can only watch those highlights of uh, the Clippers series for so long. You know, I I watch them on repeat. I don't know about you guys. Like that's a that's been my that's been my jam. Uh, no, I, I agree with both of you. I think if I'm if I'm looking at anything, I want to see how much MPJ handles the ball versus playing off ball, and and what he looks like in combination with Murray and Jokic. Like, are they are the three of them trying to work together? Is it more of a two man game? Uh, is Jokic actively seeking out MPJ? Is Murray actively seeking out MPJ? Is MPJ reciprocating? Like, is he is he just catching the ball and shooting, or is he trying to make plays for others? Like. That's uh that's where I'm at with that. Um, okay, prediction time. 
more blocks or threes made for Bol Bol in this game? Uh, Jenna, go with you first. Block. Love it. How many blocks do you think he gets? Um, the line's at three. Okay, yeah. Over under I, three. I'm going okay. probably over three. I love it. <laughs> Can you imagine he outperforms James Wiseman in, in James Wiseman's professional debut? That would be great. <laughs> that would be so funny. Second overall pick, and the Nuggets grab this guy with like the 44th pick of the draft. That's great. Uh, Evan, what about you? He's going to have an equal amount because every block he gets, he will reward himself by dribbling the ball up the court and just draining it through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That'll be fun. There was there was a highlight that came out from from training camp that that had him like taking a guy off the dribble. I don't remember who it was that he took off the dribble, but he immediately grabbed the ball and ripped through and one step dribble into a mid ranger. And and my God, like any guy that moves like that at seven foot two is is just a nightmare he's to a try lot and guard. More mobile. Yeah, yeah. He, like he looks he looks more like fluid. Yeah, he's even. He, I mean, I won't say that he's put on weight because I mean, I can't say he can't really say that. But he he does look. He doesn't look as thin as he was last year. He looks like a little bit more sturdy and mobile. Um, well, he yeah. said he had worked on I'm his strength, and 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 Jokic said he he was stronger. So maybe not like maybe not like rail thin anymore, but maybe he's got some functional yeah. strength to him, which which would be great. Yeah, like, that's a that's a bowl bowl that I want to see. Did you guys know that he can play for? He's um, listed as an international player for Sudan. He would be on the Sudan basketball team in the Olympics. That'd be cool. I, I would love to see yeah. all of the all of the international representation for the Nuggets. Like, like let's get a let's get um, Bol Bol on Sudan. Let's get Campaso on Argentina. Let's get Jokic on Serbia. Jamal, he'll probably be tired, but let's get him on Team Canada anyway. Like, let's let's just let's just make it happen. It'll be fun, and let's let's honorary mention Mason Plumley on Team USA. It's got to happen. It will. <laughs> if, happen. if he gets another invite, man. <laughs> His dad is like really good friends with the coach. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's a Duke guy, and that's that's Coach yeah. K, right? That's just just how it is, how it works. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Nepotism. Yeah, I it was pop now. <laughs> is it pop now? I think I think yeah, it probably is. Like it, oh, oh yeah, is it they, pop now? They did they it did take pop. over. That's right. Uh, I'm sure Coach yeah. K still has some influence though, so that's that's gotta be yeah. why, right? Like like Wait, did then Mason played with Pop. Yeah. Yeah, on the what uh up? on the twenty eighteen team. Yeah, uh, yeah they did, did the yeah. World Cup. That is right. <laughs> didn't do very good. Who was he? Uh, didn't he get? Didn't he get it over like Bam Adebayo? Yes, that's There's right. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Bam Adebayo, the thirteenth ranked player on the uh, on ESPN's top one hundred list. But like, yeah, good. was Mason even on it? No, good on you, Mason. Though, like, like, hey, <laughs> got to do what you got to do. <laughs> good on him for getting paid again. Because after Denver offered him that contract a couple years ago, I was like, man, if he pulls anything more than that after this stint, then. I'd be shocked, and I was shocked. Mason's made like seventy-five million dollars in his career. Yeah, that's nuts. He's solid. Yeah, <laughs> love it. It really is. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's all I have for you guys. Any any parting thoughts before we take out of here? I Ooh. literally am so excited. I was like tingling when you were talking about like in my shoulders. I was getting so excited and happy <laughs> about basketball being back when you're talking about the game. So excited. Uh, it's it's got to be my dulcet tones. So. Whenever I say dribble, 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 or anything like that. <laughs> oh, you should do a basketball ASMR podcast, right? <laughs> dribble, dribble. He bounces the ball. Okay. Oh, that's going to do it on this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. Uh, make sure to... Uh, to like and subscribe on on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to like uh, leave a review. I I still have not received any screenshots on a review. And after that particular segment, like how could you not review this podcast five stars? Uh, make sure to go five star review. Leave us a nice comment, and it, I'll pick the funniest one, and I'll, I'll make sure to send you a Christmas present. That'll be great. Um, guys, thank you so much, uh, Jenna, Evan. You guys are awesome. Uh, you can find. 
Evan at E Fiala on is is it E Fiala or E E Fiala? Am I e. E. which one? Two E's. Two E's at E E Fiala, and you can find Jenna at Vita Viva Diva. Uh, having a lot of fun with the Denver Stiffs right now. Uh, continuing to grow the network. Continuing to do some crazy stuff. Got some more YouTube stuff coming out. Going to debut a new show on this network uh, next Thursday. So we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. And we'll talk to you guys next week.